Press the button. And away we go. Ahoy! I'm Lauren Grace Thompson. I'm Casey Whalen. I'm Ian Gears. I'm Josie Herman. And I'm Michael Herman. And you're listening to the, the Mercury, Mercury Theater, Theater Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back to Mercury Theater Podcast. Hopefully you looked up the rest of the episodes of Who Killed Avril Lavigne since we introduced you last week. As promised, you get to hear my conversation with the creators of the show. So without uh, without further ado... Don't turn that dial. <laughs> All right, so we have Anderson Cook, the creator of Who Killed Avril Lavigne. Anderson, hi. Hi, thanks so much. Thanks. Thrilled to be here. And Duncan Gregory, the director of Who Killed Avril Lavigne. What's up? (laughs) Not too much. Good to have you, man. And then Ben Lapidus. And then there were so many different slashes in your name. So I have stars slash composers slash sound designer. Is that right? That's right. A lot of sla- I'm a slash man. They call me <laughs> the slasher. <laughs> right on. Um, so uh, I'm I'm honestly just privileged to have you guys with me. I heard your first episode in the Audioverse Awards, and knowing nothing about you, I I went in to that, listened to the first episode, and I'm like, well. Darn, I really have to listen to every single episode now. And then I just listened to all of it. And it's fantastic, guys. You guys have no right to be doing what you do. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. No, thank you so much. It's There's so much effort that went into it. A lot of skill that went into it. And I am just wanting to pick your brains and blame it on the listeners and say that it's for their benefit. But in all actuality, I'm just trying to figure out how to do it better (laughs) and be (laughs) like you guys. So I'm going to go ahead and ask just to make sure that I'm on the right page. As far as preferred pronouns, Duncan, what's your preferred pronoun? He, him. Okay. He, him for me as well. Same here. Okay. I just want to make sure that I'm not... uh... Appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Going right into it. So... Who Killed Avril Lavigne is obviously an audio drama musical, which is something that this is the first time that I've ever actually heard an audio drama musical. Have you guys heard of this? Uh, you know, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts, like I'm sure you do. And there's um, there's a couple of really cool examples in the um, audio drama space. Some shows that I listened to uh, before we made ours, you know, very much to do our research and know what else is in the space and see what worked for them. Um, shows like Follow the House of Sunshine, uh, super funny. Uh, 36 Questions is a cool, very different, um, introspective podcast musical. There's one called In Strange Woods that's really, uh, that's really interesting uh, from Atypical Artists. There's, there's a, you know, it's a small but mighty community, I would say, these audio drama uh, musicals. But uh, I mean, I think we're all hoping that there will be more. because they're, they're very fun to make and I think an exciting new opportunity for musicals in general. Um. I listened to 36 questions when it came out, but they, a lot of the ones that I had listened to took more of the form of that, like song cycle, almost like let's get some songs out there and sort of put a narrative loosely, loosely on it, but not, not 
anything that felt like a musical that you know you go see or that we we were familiar with in uh, when we were going to school or anything like that. Yeah, you say school. Do you have musical talents, like as far as education and training is concerned? Well, Ben certainly does. Hey. <laughs> I think we're all pretty musically, musically talented here. So Ben, it says one of your slashes is composer. So did you come up with all of the songs and the lyrics and everything? Yep, that's right. Songs, lyrics. Yep. Man, that's, that is incredible. <laughs> what else is there? Chords, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, you also produced it all. I mean, you... you yes. You, I mean, you... so like I, I, I... My workstation is my computer... And, you know, I produce all the songs there. I, you know, we record people with that. And then we're actually doing the sound design, the mixing, editing, all that stuff is, that's kind of my wheelhouse. Yeah. And there was a lot of sound design. You actually went into on one of your bonus episodes, how you made like the jumping into the, the porta potty, <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. The, that sound effect. And yeah. Even me as a sound designer, because periodically I'll do sound design, but you went into it step by step in such a way that it made it sound like it's it's one thing, it's another thing, it's another thing, and then you put them all together and then it's it's like this whole cohesive sound that you wouldn't think that jumping into a porta potty is gonna sound all that enticing. But the way that you added like the chimes and everything into it and made it sound like something that was magical was like that's it's just a, a fascinating process and yeah, I, I totally thanks I'm, for listening it's so fun to make i mean it's like it's so fun to deconstruct something like that because uh yeah it's a it's like you know you you learn something by teaching it that's kind yes. of how i felt yeah and i haven't quite mastered the whole actually creating the sound like I, I go out with my shotgun mic and get the sound effects and everything and then put them together as much as I can, make it a cohesive sound, but stuff that goes on to the magical level, which you clearly did with, with that, that was fantastic. So are you familiar with like old time audio dramas or did it just go into, and this is for all of you guys, but did you consume a lot of audio dramas before you went into this project or was this like... We're gonna making an audio drama with slash musical, and we're gonna just do this. I personally yeah. didn't, honestly, but I know Andy did a lot, and I think Duncan did too. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Um, in terms of old time audio dramas, um, the BBC has done a lot of really amazing shows for like the Archers has been running for I don't even know how many years, like decades and decades. Um, I don't think I listened to a lot of radio dramas growing up. Um, but over the past five years or so, you know, um, gotten a lot more into them. And, uh, as our friends have made them, you know, as we've gotten more into this community, you just discover more and more really cool things that are being made at an independent level, which is really exciting. But I don't know. Duncan is also has listened to a whole spate himself too. Yeah. I think actually most of the influence that we had was, I mean, for me, you would listen to like books on tape growing up and like that that is sort of what that is for us. Cause I didn't have a, I didn't really know where to find old timey audio dramas when I was, when I don't know if any of us did when we were like starting to understand our sense of humor and, and things like that. But most, most of it, I feel like for us comes from a theater background to some degree in terms of how like saturated we wanted to make 
the show at any given moment. You know, how, how many angles can we find humor um, in one piece uh, with sound, with music, with uh, just the jokes that Andy was able to write and also the heightened storytelling uh, uh, longer form uh, sort of narratives that we were able to do most, most common with theater personally for me. Andy, so are you the one who conceptualized the whole concept of the uh, the audio drama and then you involved the others or how did that all go about? So it was actually Ben and I very much co-created the show um, born out of a stage musical that we made uh, that originally, I I think we wrote it in 2016 was when the, the first time uh, it was a show called Pop Punk High and it was a very different story. It was... Um, more of like it imagines, you know, like uh, a period of time at a high school that was like a high school dropped out of like, you know, a music video from the early 2000s that had all those, you know, super over the top archetypes um, of like the punk and the jock and all that stuff. Um, and it had it had some some songs, but not a ton. Uh, some of the same songs. It was a pretty much a gut renovation um, when we decided to adapt it into audio drama form. Um, <clears throat> And Ben, ben did a ton of work rewriting um, all the songs to fit, you know, new situations. A lot of the same characters, but a whole new, a whole new plotline that we developed together. Did it go on stage? You say that it was a stage play, and then so that was actually played on stage, performed. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we had we did a lot of different productions um, in New York. I think probably a total of four or five productions over two years. Um, a bunch of sold out audiences it was super fun we had a blast and then actually it's getting another life next year ben if you want to talk about exciting 2023 pop on kai wow beautiful handoff andy i will just <laughs> just piggybacking <laughs> off what my, my dear friend and co-creator co andy said uh yeah after our off-broadway run it got licensed to a theater company in germany and this spring it is going up and it's going to tour around germany so you know we'll be there front row that's amazing oh yeah, yeah. now i feel so behind <laughs> no wonder very, you guys are so good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know go stage play then audio drama yeah that, that <laughs> right, makes <right>. sense <laughs> um so the question is why pop punk specifically like obviously avril lavigne would have no story without pop punk but like why why pop punk i think it just holds a place in our hearts first and foremost and it is something we love and grew up with. It is rife with comedic potential. So we thought, you know. Absolutely rife. Rife, yeah. It's rife with it. I'm gonna say that word again. It's rife Take that with again. comedic potential. Sorry, you can edit this. One right? more, Don't can, edit can, we, just... can, we, can we isolate rife? We, <laughs> we'll just have it on repeat. This is all the rifes just in the row. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. This has to all stay in, by the way. Rife definition. Is, you uh, use it, it correctly. Yeah, it's, it's correct. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you're looking it up now makes yeah, us know sure. that you didn't look it up before. Which is, it's good for your cause. So I'll be honest. When I, I heard your show, I definitely had to uh, to listen to a bunch of pop punk, like Blink-182, just everybody, and just have that on my Pandora station. And just to listen to that and just binge on that. Put me back in a before life. Your Spotify was rife with pop punk music. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, yeah, those are definitely the influences I think the show um, and what we were listening to when we were growing up. You know, um, there's we had a whole a whole long Google Doc full of like dramaturgical research. You know, of all of these different bands of the era and all of like sort of the, the funny scandals or like gossip stories that you know revolved around each of them. Um, and very much, you know, we intended it to be an homage to these bands that we grew up and loved so much. Yeah, I I definitely grew up on Reliant K too. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah. and then they've, they've, they've got yeah. some special shout out in, in the pod. Yep, yeah, they, they did. Yeah. I love that. Um, speaking of shout outs, my middle name Sebastian. So uh, the eat my taint Sebastian. That was like on point. It's <laughs> like oh, they Wait, called me out. Uh, <laughs> it brought you back. <laughs> <laughs> um so as far as instruments are concerned so there were instruments in this musical so you're the composer (laughs) ben i presume because that's one of your slashers but how did you coordinate all of that um i know that's a really broad question but yeah just in terms of like recording the music as far as getting all of all of the music together as far as just However you want to perceive that question. Totally. I did it all myself. And the way I do it is the way I do my music. I mean, it's like, you know, the four piece, three piece. I mean, bass, guitar, and drums and vocals. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I play guitar, I play bass, and I play drums too, but I uh, program drums. So all those drums are synthesized, essentially um sampled and then kind of triggered in the computer yeah same thing with the same thing with the bass if i'm being honest uh and then yeah i record the guitar have a simulated like a digital amp Mm -hmm. then i've got microphones at home for vocals and yeah yeah so i went to school for like music production so um it's where where i kind of honed the the recording and mixing and all that stuff yeah it's clear that it's not just um cakewalk or something that you just got the the audio from it's something that's sure. f- far more in depth it was really frustrating i watched a uh master class done by hans zimmer and he's oh. going around on his computer and he's just playing with the notes and everything and then it sounds like this full-on orchestra and i'm like oh my god the yeah, technology has come so far yeah what they don't tell you is that like one of those hans zimmer sample packs costs like two thousand dollars <laughs> like you can play a keyboard and have right. it sound that good you just have to have two thousand dollars yeah it's it's not it's not something you downloaded for free <laughs> small price to pay for a thriving pirates of the caribbean franchise Ben. Right. You, you, thank you duncan you were absolutely right I, or i'll take i rescind what i said i mean obviously on surface level the it's a comedy audio drama with musical interludes but is there an underlying theme that you're hoping that listeners are going to get from it? Or is it just like, it, it, it is what it is? And yeah, I don't think it comes down to one one singular theme or message itself. I mean, we talked about the show so in depth while we were making it. But I think there's a lot of uh, consistent themes, you know, but I don't, I don't think there's necessarily one takeaway or message from those themes. I mean, we talked about so much about what does it mean to truly be a poser, you know, on like a deep, existential level um and how how can Derek you know violate the rules of poserdom to supersede them all of that you know sort of ridiculous conversations about very (laughs) stupid topics but um those are those are the main main I think 
thematic conversations we had. Do you think that posers might use the word rife without knowing what rife means? <laughs> <laughs> Looping back around. I had, I had. <laughs> yeah, ben, so. ben is an example of poser. It was really helpful throughout the whole process. <laughs> sort of a touch yeah, point. we'd be like, what, what, is it, what does it really mean? And then, they just and then we would do the opposite. We do the yeah. opposite. Um, no, I mean, I think, I mean, Andy, Andy wrote it. He's, I think he's underselling the idea that it, it thematically pop punk is about being ridiculous and coping in a way that is obnoxious. Sure. But is better than a lot of other stuff. And like Derek learns to be himself. So does Amanda skeet to a degree. <laughs> learns about himself and you know changes throughout it and has hot so i don't know i mean it's not none of the characters are meant to be one-dimensional but they do sort of follow what they love doing and find community through that and that is just very true to what pop punk is now how did the three of you connect like are are you all on the on the west coast we are now but we 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 met in new york yeah. Okay. So you met in New York just like at a bar or something. We we went to school together. Yeah. Bar. Oh, okay. We went to college together. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We went to NYU together. Um, I met then. I think the first week that I was at NYU, and I met Duncan like probably a couple years later. Right on. Well, I was up in uh up in a Hyde Park going to school for culinary arts. Oh, nice. Ooh. Ooh. You know, that's that's what I've I've done. But what was, um, what was the hardest day of culinary arts school? Like, what was the day that was just tough? I'm so curious. <laughs> Duncan's every, an amazing cook. Every single day is is frustrating because you know w- with the culinary arts at the school that I went to, which was the Culinary Institute of America. But that school, like every day, was a production day for the rest of the school. So you're in a kitchen. And you're cooking for everybody else, potentially. And there are only, I don't know, 20 kitchens on, on campus. So people could, could go to any one of those kitchens. So it literally is work. And you're working a 10-hour day and going to school and paying for this this whole uh, endeavor. So the – and then you had studying on top of that. So that was, that was a thing. Mm-hmm. But um, – yeah, but which actually brings me into wondering what your favorite moments were as far as the recording, as far as the production of the the series that you guys made. Hmm. Favorite Re- moments. I mean, recording was a blast. So it was just it's really really fun to get all of our talented friends in a room together, you know, and mess around with them, try different stuff out, have fun. Um, I don't know. We're all so collaborative. So I feel like any chance that we got to write together, that we got to, you know, all be in the room together um, was super fun and always ended up improving it a lot. You know, um, I think all of us had a hand in all the other parts quite a bit, which yeah. helped it, you know, feel cohesive and like one voice at the end of the day. So I'd say. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, improving in the room was so fun. I mean, like the script was so tight and we knew exactly like what, you know, each scene needed to accomplish that, Within the very, you know, contained wiggle room we had, finding things that were fun and new in the moment was so much fun, so uh, so rife with fun. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> um, casting was fun. 
casting was really fun because mm -hmm. as soon as we locked the cast, it was like no doubt that it was going to be a good process. The cast is like so talented. I mean, every voice has so much energy and is so different. So that was that was really fun. Yeah. So this coming from Duncan, you directed this. So you were probably, I, I imagine, the casting director as well. All three of us. Or all, all three of your collaborators. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really. But did you find any difficulty in the the directing process? And Ben, we'll get back to you. We're we're not going to skip you on that uh, that question. You, you don't <laughs> get out I of this one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now you're now you're missing the mark. <laughs> <laughs> Poser. <laughs> Um, the, the most difficult thing about it was the fact that, you know, we had been with the text for, I mean, Andy and Ben had been for the text for years and then Andy and I lived together while we recorded it and we were with the text for a really long time. And what's difficult is getting someone in the space in, in the virtual space that they're supposed to be in is always the hardest thing because, all you want them to do is realize that they're either under some cables in like a shed or they're literally on the grounds of Warp Tour when they're staying in the same room. That's like always going to be the most difficult thing. Um, for a, Especially for like really talented people, they don't need help with line reads. They don't need anything like that. It's just literally the energy of the space. How can we make it sound like they're, being, they're in a spaceship, uh, uh, the Panopticon versus inside of a bathroom you know what i mean like that that right. was the real difficulty especially doing it independently like the actors have to do so much more work to put themselves there whereas like in film and tv you can at least get the set you know be everyone's in this can be in the same space you're really putting it together in a way that feels more real if you're actually there and while we're on this, and Ben, we'll still get back to you. You still, you still get all this opportunity to think about what you're going to come up with. But as far as as far as the, the, the directing, I've I've often equated the voice acting, standing in front of a microphone with your script and everything, as being like those people who who record, who do their do the for visual effects like in front of green screens and everything because those actors really have to do some major acting because they can't see their surroundings and they're just they just know that there's their green screens that they have to run in front of and do everything and act like they're in a certain situation that the viewer won't have any recognition hopefully that they're in front of a green screen and with the same with voice acting is that they're in front of microphones, but hopefully the listener isn't going to think, oh, they're just a few people standing in front of microphones reading a script. So being able to bring that acting out. Ben, now it's your turn. What was your favorite moment on the uh, recording or a favorite moment? <clears throat> a favorite moment. Well, actually, it doesn't even have to be just the recording process. And it can be the post-production, whatever it is that you're, you're a favorite moment for you. Well, one of my favorite songs from the show also came from one of my favorite moments, which was Andy left. I think he took his dog, Norm, for a walk, um, which is kind of like the equivalent of... <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but it's not. Kind of like the equivalent of like the teacher going to you know the break room. Well, and letting the kids play. 
So me and Duncan wrote the, and I, and I don't like to use this word, but it was the dumbest song I could even <laughs> ever imagine. And uh, it actually ended up making the cut as the bus driver uh, singing. In oh my God. That's and, my favorite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just, that was a hoot. That was yes. a hoot and a half. Tell you what. It was a hoot and a half. Yeah, that 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 came out of nowhere at the end there, and I was like, "Oh, that!" And it it was it's hilarious. You guys, are, you guys are hilarious. Which one's the most hilarious out of the three of you? Would you say, Duncan? Ooh, Duncan, Duncan, <laughs> probably. Duncan's a comedy professional. Duncan was actually crowned the improv king of New York City one time. Dun- I I think it's just objectively true that Duncan's the funniest. Duncan, improv king of Manhattan Beach. It's true. That's what they called him. Can't tell um, if he muted himself or if he's just dying no, on that uh, side. <laughs> no, Duncan is very funny. Duncan has a very, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I have a lot of writing background, but I would say Duncan has a pure comedy background. So he's a, uh, he's he's a jokester. That one. The audio, the the songs, the the dialogue. So dialogue was mostly who, as far as me, I, I wrote the scripts, but uh, we were okay. we, you know. Again, like really intense collaboration with Duncan and Ben both. You know, we, we, I can't even imagine how many drafts we wrote of that script, you know, but many, many, many drafts over many, many conversations, improving, you know, sharpening, cutting stuff down every time. Yeah. When, when we call Andy the teacher, what that really means is <laughs> if Ben and I have an idea that's in our head, Andy will consider it and then make it a reality if it makes sense for the integrity of the show and the show has a lot of integrity which is all Andy I mean that's all in uh, uh, the dialogue the the storytelling like it's done in an extremely professional manner you know while still maintaining the fun and the energy and all that stuff so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's I'm jealous of having the whole whole gang do do a thing <laughs> so uh why why avril levine yeah i mean i think it started with <clears throat> rather than starting with avril levine i think it started with pop punk and then we were going to what are the big stories that we can tell in this pop punk world you know what's the the content out there that uh lends itself to a good juicy story and i mean the avril levine thing has been circulating the internet for like 15 years now you know it's like something that we all we've all heard from a friend or like seen a you know weird youtube video about um to clarify the thing is the conspiracy that avril lavigne was is you know dead and replaced by a doppelganger yes yeah yeah so uh that's not a conspiracy that's a fact uh so (laughs) did we did we figure out who did kill avril lavigne actually before you answer that is there the thought that there might be another season of this or is you just one and done? I mean, I think this one, the, the ending was so perfect for it. So there would have to be um, a really compelling reason or story to do a season two. I think right now we're mostly looking forward to other projects, but, uh, you know, never say never. Um, I mean, we, we love these characters. We love the show a lot. So it um, may well have, you know, life in the future, but I think, the story is pretty well contained as is right now. Yeah. And then you said 2023, you're going to Germany doing the whole Germany tour. 
but do you have, and you mentioned other projects, do you have other projects in addition to that? Or is that like, I mean, obviously that's like up there, but do you have other projects in addition? Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all working on our own individual stuff in addition to, you know, pitching and developing new podcasts. Um, we're, we've got a lot of stuff uh, in the works right now and don't have a, I wouldn't say one singular one. That's, that's the next focus yet. Um, but, um, you know, I think we're very, very excited by the response that we've gotten to Hookah Level Levine. I've met a lot of really cool people, a lot of cool potential partners that could help, you know, our next one get to the next level uh, of, of just a wider market, you know, getting more people introduced to our stuff. So, um, so nothing, no like announcements right now remains to be seen. But I mean, outside of this, Ben has also uh, uh, been releasing a ton of really cool music and has had a... Uh, a fascinating stint on America's Got Talent this year. I don't know if you're familiar uh, with Ben from that forum, but Ben uh, had a couple of very fun performances on America's Got Talent. So I mean, he I did not know this. Forum. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did see gonna, some. Right now, right now, we're going to play the clip. Pull it up! Pull it up! Pull it up! Okay, we'll, we'll, let's cue that up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, put that in post. No, but I did see some uh, some videos that you had posted on Twitter. Uh, ben and seeing you play some uh, some music on there so uh fun stuff so i don't have you guys for too much longer but i do want to make sure that i want that you guys get an opportunity to uh plug your stuff so plug your stuff let's start uh just for the sake of having somebody uh andy plug your stuff i'm not gonna plug um uh i don't think there's anything um there's nothing i can announce right now uh uh yeah i mean just follow follow us on on social media at supernormal media um that's you know that's the company name uh at hookah Lavrovine. i think it's wkal podcast on twitter um you know we have merch on our website uh really fun hookah Lavrovine hats and stickers um yeah, yeah yeah just just stay in touch we got a mailing list on our website if you want to find out about the next show Subscribe to us on wherever you get your pods. Excellent. Thank you, Andy. Duncan, do you have anything to plug? Dad? Very similar to Andy. Check out Supernormal Media. Um, and I, Andy's got secrets. You wouldn't believe the secrets I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, ben. I have a podcast for the government of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> right. even, that, even that is too much. Even yeah. that is saying too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing something with someone. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> ben, do you um, have anything? Yes. I. You can follow me on social media. I'm posting relatable pop punk content. And uh, yeah, so I am, let's see, on TikTok, it's at Ben Lapidus. That's L-A-P-I-D-U-S. Instagram is Ben Lapidus Music. And uh, those are the only important ones. Well, excellent. Thank you, guys. Spotify, now- Spotify too for Ben. Oh, for sure. for sure. Music. Yes. So, guys, thank you so much for having come on here. It's been an absolute pleasure. But thank you guys so much. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you so much, John. Really hoot. appreciate it. Hoot. You have a good, <laughs> good night, posers. Absolutely rife. With rife with good conversation. <laughs> ben, you were rife all night. <laughs> I'm about to go get rife. What a fun group of guys. After having had this conversation, I just had to watch Ben on America's Got Talent. And I'll be honest, you will not be able to get the Parmesan song out of your head. But next time on Mercury Theater Podcast, 
we'll have another audio drama and then a subsequent interview with the creators from that show. Until then, I'm John Badger. Now what?